And so, with the cup held high, me the leave Croke Park, All-Ireland football champions for 1949. Oh, beautiful me, you've got all that I need. Dimpsey hits Davin Fay. Anthony Finnerty comes in and gives him a touch of the elbow. Colm Kyle hitting Finnerty. This is Colm's first punch. Finity delayed reaction, looks around, sees Martin O'Connell coming in and thinks that the best action is to go down. What a set of matches we've had. Four terrific and memorable games. Final score meets 2-10. Dublin, 15. So Joe McDonough, GA president, presents Sam McGuire to Graham Geraghty and meet of the football champions. Hello listeners, you're very welcome to another edition of your We Are Me podcast. Davey Rispin and Mickey Brennan here with you as always. Uh, hectic weekend uh, last weekend with the club cup competition starting on Thursday and running right through till Sunday morning. Um, we had the hurlers out on Saturday in Park Tolchin. We had the lead footballers out on Sunday uh, in Park Tolchin. And again, we had the mead ladies out on Monday in Park Tolchin. So uh, an absolute festival of uh, GEA over the weekend, Davey. Um, I suppose the the only blip on the card was, apart from our um, predictions in the cup competitions, the only other blip on the card was Mead uh, ladies just getting to the draw with Galway. But I suppose when you look at the way Galway had been moving, we'll come back to that game in a few minutes, but to, to, I suppose when you look at how well Galway were moving, uh, draw is not a bad result for Mead now. Yeah, speak for yourself on the predictions, Mickey. Come on. Um, uh, Kabir, you didn't do too much better than me, let's just say. <laughs> I'll take too much better any day of the week. But uh, <laughs> yeah, listen, it, that was a decent result actually for me because they're still very much in experimental mode um, with, with personnel and everything. There's players coming back. They're trying to obviously bed in with a new manager and stuff like that. And as you say, they were coming up against a really informed Galway side who, who threatened to probably... Uh, kind of pull clear at various different stages of the game, but Mead stuck in and like put themselves in a really strong position and entering the closing moments and just couldn't see it out. But I think on reflection, a draw was probably the fair result. And in front of what was a huge crowd as well on Monday, uh, I think they sent everybody, you know, home relatively happy and one win, one draw, one loss from the three games. It's all right. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we will come back to that in a few moments time. Um, and just to let our listeners know, we have a huge amount of um, Loyal Royals podcasts going out this week over on our Patreon forward slash We Are Mead site. Um, we're going to have reviews and interviews from all of the games, from the Hurling game, the Mead footballers, and of course, uh, the ladies on Monday as well. Davy Rusman was camping out in Park Tolchin for the weekend. The only time he was out of Park Tolchin was when he was in the piano bar in Navin, but uh, um, we won't talk about that on this podcast. That's because this is a family show, really. Um, <laughs> a whole host of interviews uh, from the hurlers. We have Shorsha Bolfin, uh, Kyle Donnelly, and James Toher. From the footballers, we have Colm O'Rourke and Donald Lenehan. And from the ladies' game, we have Davy Nelson, Neve Globley, and Anya Sheridan. We'll also be doing a full review of all of the cup games uh, played from last Thursday right through to Sunday. And we will be previewing next weekend's uh, matches and we run through those predictions as uh, as already been mentioned. Davey did do okay in the in, in the predictions, as in he did better than me, um, while it was a very poor performance 
by both of us, let's just say. Davey, we'll start on Saturday. Um, Meat Herders, 224, Wicklow, 214. Good win for Shorsha Bolton and his lads in Park Tolchin on Sunday. And they were down to 14 men for a large majority of that game, maybe 40 minutes of that game. But really put Wicklow to the sword in that second half. Oh, they did. And and the big power play was uh, the five or ten minutes after the halftime interval where Mead scored one five without response against a bit of a breeze as well. It didn't look good going into halftime, Mickey. With with in addition to that red card to Damo Healy, Mead conceded a goal right on the stroke of halftime to put just three points between the sides, playing against the stiff enough breeze in the second half they turned in a very impressive second half performance to win the game relatively comfortably in the end it was a good game really really good game uh, Wicklow contributed to that but I think it's a huge morale boost and win for Mead because I suppose at the tail end of the Q Cup there was those heavy defeats to Kildare and Carlo and probably maybe confidence was just um, a little bit down going into the start of the league and I think that'll be just a boost for, for Shorsha and the lads Um with still a few lads to come back into the squad. You know, the likes of Jackson only came on the second half. James Murray is still out injured and there's a few others as well. So um, they put themselves in a strong position. I know there's a long way to go, but Wicklow would be one of the teams that would feel they might yet have a say in this uh, league. So I think that's one boxed off for me, then it's a good start. Yeah, next up for Shorsha Bolfin and his Mead Hurlers is Sligo away on Sunday the 12th. That's next weekend um, at 2pm in Markovic Park. In Sligo. So Sligo, who were beaten by Donegal in round one, um, will be going into that game needing uh, something from it. But again, Mead just should have a little bit too much for uh, Sligo in this one. Like, in fairness, Mead, Mead will be perceived to be the strongest team in this division, Davey. Absolutely, yeah, but it's important you sort of justify that with, with results, but also performances, yeah. you know, to, to reassert yourself. So uh, that'll be another one, as you say, you'd expect me to go there and do a professional job and, and just get a step closer to where they want to be. Um, there's interesting comments from James Toher over on the Loyal Royals podcast, and he he didn't mince his words about what Mead's ambitions and goals are for this year in terms of, of you know, league and championship. And I think that's the way they have to be looking at it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Well, best luck to the lads next Sunday over in uh, Sligo when they go for that away game in round two of Division 2B in the National Hurling League. We're going to move on now to Sunday. Of course, it was uh, Mead who were entertaining Clare in the Alliance Football League Division 2. Uh, Clare made the trip up to Navan and uh, they went home with their tails between their legs, Davy. But um, it has to be said that, you know... Um, it was a mixed performance once again by by Colum's charges, but they're de- they're definitely entertaining. And you know what's that? Seven goals in t- in two games. Seven goals in two games. Yeah, and the, the flip side of that is thirty five points conceded. So yeah. th- they'll give you value for money at either end of the field. But yeah, it was a really odd game because Mead Mead got three first half goals and two of them came within the space of twenty or thirty seconds of each other, and that really should have been the platform to me for me to go on and really uh, put in a comprehensive win. But that never really materialised, and I suppose Clare deserve credit for that as well. You know, they kept at it, plugged away, and got sixteen points on the board. But I don't think Colin will be too impressed by the way in which. Uh, I suppose Mead let Clare back in. You know, with those frees which we've seen in Cork, the same crack went 17 or 18 minutes without a score after getting the third goal, um, which was, you know, is a concern. And that's been a trend that we've seen over the last number of years for me. Um, so there's certainly loads and loads of work to do. But at the same time, we're sitting here 
saying that there's tons of work to do with two wins on the board from our two games. And I think every Mead supporter, you know, far and wide would absolutely have uh, snatched, her, snatched her right hand off of that, you know, two weeks ago before we went down to Cork. And uh, it set up a huge uh, game in a fortnight's time up and down. Very. Uh, yeah, it really has. And when when you look at uh, what we've conceded, what we've conceded, Davy, we actually have the second most conceded um, in Division Two. Um, but I suppose it's 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 what you look at on the other end of it. We have the most scored in in Division Two with forty three uh, points on the board. Um, you know. Looking at the table, Davy, we're in third place. We're on joint top with third place on, on, on score difference and whatever. Derry, Dublin, Mead. You said it. We get a chance to go and visit Derry in two weeks' time with a free hit. If you were to break up the league into kind of sections, mm. um, instead of looking at it, you know, uh, as the, the end product at the very end, and if you to break up the league into little sections, we'll say groups of two and whatever. You know, your first two games, if you win your first two games, your your first two games are to avoid relegation, if you know what I mean. So if you can if you can get the results on the board in your first two games, that's that kind of put to bed, right? So relegation is not an option now for me, basically. So you can put that to bed. You now are going into the next group of two games where you've got a free hit, you know. Um, you get a victory in uh, one of your next two games, it sets you up for the last three games that, again, you are, there's a platform there that you can, you know, be ready for a push for promotion uh, towards the end. And, and like me, they are going to be in the hunt for promotion now, by the looks of things, because one victory in the next two games says that they will be. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think, just to elaborate on your point, the next two games are actually going to be defining games for me in the sense that if we if we get one win from the two games we're we're odds on for for promotion if we don't we we actually still need to pick up a couple of results to avoid being dragged into the mire down the other end so whilst there are two games that we're going to be outsiders in both obviously uh Derry and Dublin there's still an opportunity there if we can get one win as you say ideally against Derry the next day it gives us a little bit more scope and you have huge winnable games to come um, without looking too far ahead at the Kildare game which is the last game you've got you know games against Limerick and Louth which you would fancy getting wins against and uh, I, I, I think it's a free hit I really do I think before a ball was kicked we would have gladly taken four place in the group the start now is going to increase expectations and optimism in the county and stuff, and that's absolutely fine. But I think the Derry game will be a great barometer as to where we're at, where we need to get to, um, and ultimately where we'll be going, um, I suppose, after that game. Just as you mentioned that, somebody was questioning uh, us on last week's podcast. They were saying that it's Derry next, but is Dublin not the second last game? Um, oh, potentially it could be. Is it? Yeah, sorry. Dublin is Dublin is the um, is Paddy's weekend. Yeah, so yeah. the next game that we have is Derry, and the game after that, if I'm not mistaken, is is it Limerick? It's uh, yeah, we we have well, we have Limerick on the road, so uh, possibly could be loud. I'm I'm not even sure to be honest. We'll just check that now. So we will. So it's Der- Derry Mead. Then uh, where is that game? I can't find it there. Um, so the nineteenth. We, uh, there's Clare Kildare, Loud Limerick, 
uh, Cork, Dublin, Mead, Derry that weekend. And then let's just pop down here a little bit. Mead will be playing against. <laughs> Very hard to find it here, so it is. But I just want to, I just want to have it, um, so that we know ourselves. Um, meet against Loud, so it is. Yeah. So you know, you get one win out of two of them, and then you're going into your last three games. Um, it's a free hit against Derry. It really it is, is exactly. at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it's a great game for us. I really do think that. Like Derry made hard work of getting over Loud at the weekend as well. So I know they're two from two as well, but they're probably not the finished product as of yet. So. Um, it's probably not a bad time to be playing them. And I know the Glen contingent are obviously back in there, but they, they mightn't just be up to top speed as regards inter-county football too. So it's a big game. It's going to be on RT television on the Saturday evening at five o'clock. And it's a, it's a huge uh, huge opportunity for Collins men. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, uh, they get a two-week break. Um, there was a couple of injuries from the game. There's a couple of lads coming back as well from injuries. Um Head on over to our Patreon service to hear the interviews with Colm and um, Donald Lenehan. But Colm doesn't doesn't mince his words, Davey, about the heavy workload of the players at the minute between Sigerson and uh, County Commitments. You know, four games in the space of, what, 12, 14 days? It's, It's a lot for these lads because, you know, I know we all love playing games and whatever, but when you're playing at that high level, it takes its toll on your body. That doesn't clearly. Like I suppose we've got two hamstring injuries to two of our key men in the last seven days. Three games in seven days. A lot of travelling factored into that as well. Like Matt Costello obviously pulled up in the Sigerson game. Uh, Shane Walsh pulled up within you know t- ten minutes of starting the the game over the weekend against Clare. Um, and what's more is Column felt the need to withdraw Dara Campion and Cahill Hickey before the 70-minute mark, not because they were doing anything wrong in any way, shape or form, but just because of their workload and avoiding further injuries to them. The issue being that, OK, we have two weeks off now, which would be grand in, in normal circumstances, but they're in the latter stages of a Sigerson Cup campaign. The, the likes of Matt Costello and, and Shane Walsh are key men for their college side. So, you know, the college are going to be pushing them to try and play midweek and you know, it, it could just escalate things again. I think Column has, has a really strong point. And I, I've seen counter arguments to it saying, well, why doesn't Column rest, you know, Matt Costello and Shane Walsh? Well, he didn't risk Matt Costello. And Shane Walsh coming off the back of 1 7 last weekend in Division 2, which is, I think it's a huge, it, it, the implications of Division 2 are just so, so important that Column probably doesn't have the option of resting a Shane Walsh or that. You, you just have to play them, really. And, um, it's just regretful. Hopefully those injuries aren't too bad. I would imagine they're more precaution than anything. Fingers crossed we will see them in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, hopefully the lads can get themselves back uh, on track and and be ready for two weeks' time. I suppose the two-week break is coming at the right time for, for some of these players. And, and hopefully we might see the likes of Jack Flynn and stuff like that back in the fold as well. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna automower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control automower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, 
Contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised auto mower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automore, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Davey, moving on then to Monday. Um, again, back in Park Tolchin, um, the Mead Ladies against Galway, a hell of a surface in, in Park Tolchin um, to be able to hold three inter-county matches across the weekend. One thing we can definitely say is that it's not a kip. Um, a hell of a pitch there in Park Tolchin. Mead, nine points. Galway, nine points. We started off at the at the top of the show with this. Um, and, you know, as we said, a Galway side who are flying high at the minute, Mead side that are, you know, down a number of bodies and whatever, to get a result like that is, you know, it's it's it was just imperative to, to make sure they didn't uh, lose the game, I suppose. Well, exactly. It keeps them interested. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't a classic. In fairness, the second half did pick up, but the first half was dire. There was so many uh, basic sort of errors. It was really surprising to see Mead, who are normally so careful and, and uh, I suppose, good on the ball, making so many, you know, silly mistakes and turnovers and stuff like that. But they got to grips with it and coincided with the introduction of Emma Duggan at halftime as well, which gave not just the players, but also the supporters a huge lift. And she was hugely influential in that second half. And they led for the first time, actually, just entering the closing stages of the yeah. game. But Galway were given what I, I thought was a soft free with almost the last uh, act of the game. They knocked it over. And I think overall... A, a draw was about right. I don't think Mead probably did enough to win the game. I don't think they did enough to lose the game. And as you say, coming off the back of what Galway have been doing up to press, I think that's a pretty good result, um, all things considered. Yeah, absolutely. Well, again, we have a full review, uh, interviews from Davy Nelson, uh, Neve Galogi and Anya Sheridan over on our Loyal Royals podcast going out this week. It's going to be a, a bumper week of, uh, of Loyal Royals podcast and it's going to be like that for the coming while and so it is so head on over and look Mead ladies are out next against uh, Mayo on Sunday the 19th of February so they have a two week break now as well in round four I think that's a home game as well for for the, the ladies mm-hmm. so um, you know again Mayo who are languishing down the bottom they have no nothing on the board yet um, Mead would be fancying their chances of, of getting the win there and you know, jumping up the table again. Yeah, if they've had three narrow defeats though, Mayo, and like they, they'll be desperately scratching around for points, as you say, Mickey, to preserve their status. So it is a potential banana skin for me, but it's a chance to build on, I suppose, the, the win and a draw now that we've had in quick succession and get another two points in the board and possibly propel ourselves into um into the top two territory with with big games to come. I'm thinking of Waterford, who had a fantastic win on Saturday. Kerry, who are going ever so well as well. So, <laughs> um, there's big games to come. But a win against Mayo would set us up rightly towards the latter stages. Of what was the final score in the Cork Dublin game? Do you know? Um, oh, I, I was watching. Was... Now, don't ask me the final score, but Dublin won by a point. It was an absolute fantastic game of football. Galway, or sorry, Dublin were something like ten points up. But they got four goals in the first half and Cork actually played really well in that time. And in the second half, Cork got on top, got a couple of goals themselves, ended up going in front. But in fairness to Dublin, they pegged them back. And I think it was a Carlo Rowe free uh, deep into pretty much stoppage time, if you will, right on the hooter to to steal the points for them. So that was a fantastic game. Great pace to it as well. 
Well, the, that leaves the standings like this in the table. It's Kerry with three wins from three. They are um, really, really hungry this year, that's for sure. Galway stay in second place on seven points after their uh, draw with Mead. And Dublin are in third place on six points. So lots still to be played for because Mead are on four points with Waterford. So, um, you know, a victory for Mead would have really pushed them up the leaderboard. But um, it wasn't to be, um, as you said, saw free at the end. Um, a draw may be the fair result, but you know, at the end of the day, they did get a, a fairly, fairly soft free to, to come away with a share of the spoils of Park Tolchin on Monday. Um, we'll move on, Davy, and we will have a look at the cup results from uh, the club fixtures on the weekend. Um, massive bloody weekend of, 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 of games again, and it's great to see all of the uh, club competitions back in full force. We'll start with the JMB Sportsfield Services Fesh Cup Group A and the results from that one. St. Colm Kills, 118, and 2 290. Huge victory there for St. Colm Kills. Davey Rusman had that one, I think, as well in our predictions. And then uh, Gail Colm Kill, 210, uh, Centralstown, 29. An absolutely incredible a cracker of a game out there in um, Centralstown on, I think it was Friday evening. Um, I was following that one on Twitter. An absolutely brilliant, brilliant game of football. Um, Simonson drew with Dunamore Ashburn, 11 points to 1-8. And Trim got the better of Rathoth in the big um, the big game, I suppose, from the weekend. Kevin Riley, who had just recently taken over Rathoth, left Trim, obviously, only a couple of months ago. And uh, uh, he fell foul to his previous team, Davy in Trim um, on Saturday. I was at this game and had to leave it because my daughter got sick. <laughs> It was raging. So you're no use to us. But uh, yeah, that's a huge win for Trim. I did. We did say last week, the one thing about it was Trim will be absolutely up for this game. Both had almost unrecognisable teams. So I think maybe three or four or starters from each of their last championship outings. So uh, probably a little bit of shadow boxing as well. But Trim will take that result all day long and they'll, they'll savour it. Yeah, absolutely. In Group C, Nafina got the better of their neighbours, uh, Balnebracki, 1-9-9. And St. Peter's Dunboyne uh, got over Curaha in what looked like an absolute cracker of a game as well. Dunboyne, 8 points. Curaha, 5 points. I actually, I, I think the score was something like 6-3 or 6-4 at half time. Um, and there was only a, a, a handful of scores in the second half, which was uh, remarkable. Um, then in Group D, Summerhill, 2-10, screen 12 points. Of course, uh, Wolf Tones had a bye in that group. So um, uh, a narrow victory for, for Summerhill in that one, a four-point victory. And again, what was a closely contested game. Moving on then to the corner of Bonia. Uh, Beliver got the better of Longwood in that local derby as well, 115 to 11 points. And Castletown got the better of Mead Hill in their local derby um, uh, by 3-8 to 7 um, in Group B, Waterstown had a huge victory over Dundry. They're a team to watch maybe this year. Waterstown 315, Dundry 4 points. Delique Bellustown 12, Nobber 11. A one-point victory there for Delique Bellustown. And that's, uh, that, I suppose, when you look at it, Davey, um, I know we'll be going into all these ga- games in detail over on our Loyal Loyals podcast, but um, a bit of a scare there for Delique Bellustown and a really um, good performance by all accounts by Nobber. Yeah, without Sean Mead as well. He's still out injured and uh, very good uh, performance by Nobber. They um, unfortunately had a serious injury to Aina Fagan <clears throat> towards the latter stages of that game. Shoulder injury 
Um, thankfully, he was discharged from hospital, I think, the, the day after, which was good news. But uh, Nobber will take great heart from that. Delik Bellusen obviously missing a few of their key protagonists. But even even so, um, that was a closely contested game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Navin O'Matney's got their season off to a great start with a huge victory over uh, Rakenny, 112 to six points. I was looking over the um, the team sheet on that one, and it's nearly an unrecognisable Navin yeah. O'Matney's team. It's a very young uh, team, which is uh, good to see them getting their first victory against what would be a depleted Rakenny, but, you know, they had to go out and do the job, and they did. In uh, Group D, Old Castle, 15 points. Blackhall Gales, three points. That was Davies' nap of the weekend, and that came true for anybody who was putting a few bob in it. And then in the Drumbara uh, Bective game, we called this one for Bective to win, and we knew that uh, Drumbara Emmets would uh, would use that and get the victory, which they did. 1-8 to Bective's 2-4, one-point victory for Drumbara in that one over David Nolan's team. It was uh, Fiacro Sweeney getting his first victory as Drumbara Emmett's manager. Um, in the Talton Cup Group A, Clonda Gale 2-5, Dunsany 7 points. Uh, 7 scores apiece, but goals win games, as we always say. Ballinlock 1-11, St. Bridget's 1-11. This, Davey, looked for all intents and purposes that St. Bridget's had this game wrapped up, but in fairness to Ballon Lock, they rallied and came back and, and, and snatched a draw from a game that they probably shouldn't have got anything from. Almost like a realisation set in at half-time for Ballon Lock to say, hang on a second, these lads coming down the road up from Junior B, there's no chance they're coming out of this with a win. And in fairness, <laughs> Ballon Lock were outstanding in the second half. Bridget's did capitulate to an extent. Youthful Bridget's side, though, no Michael Flood in there as well. And good derby. I'd like to see them meet yeah. later on in the summer. I think it'd be a nice, nice game to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, in Group B, Sydney and St. Vincent's played out a draw. I think we both went for Sydney in this one. It was one thirteen to St. Vincent's two ten. Um, that's that's a big score for Vincent's to be putting up. Like, you know, in recent years, okay, last year they did start to maybe get more scores on the board, but you know, it's not something we've seen a lot from St. Vincent's. Two ten is a nice score to be putting up, and you know, value in it for the draw as well. No, absolutely. Yeah, I think I think two ten at this time of the year by anybody is a good yeah. score to be putting up. And yeah, Vincent's will be happy with that. I think that had taken the draw before that that was played. Um, new management in there as well, and they're setting their stall out. Good result. Yeah, Kilbride had a buy in that group. Um, in Group A, incidentally, there was no buy because there was four teams in that one. So in Group C, there was one team had a buy, and that was St Dalton's Davies Noisy Neighbours. Um, but there was one game played and it was Moila against Kilmainham. Kilmainham got a resounding victory here, 113 to Moila's seven points. Moving on then to Group B um, and the team with the buy in this one was Minalti. St Mary's, four goals and nine. Drum Condrat, one goal and three. Um, as Davy smiles at me there across the, the thing. Uh, Davy, you did call this and you did say that Drum Condrat maybe... Hadn't got numbers at training recently and weren't back that long. St. Mary's have been working hard through the winter with their new manager, Damien Sheridan. And, you know, he got a bounce out of them. He did, absolutely. Very youthful, Mary's, as, as always is the case. Mm. But I think that another three or four debutants as well on Friday night. And uh, really put from Conrad to the sword. Emphatic performance, really. Sam Victory, James Lynch and, and Cole to the four. Um, great start for Damien. Yeah, absolutely. And like, we, we, we said it as well last year. If St. Mary's can get an injury-free panel, like half of their panel were injured or, or not available last year, if they can get that panel injury-free, 
they are a danger because they're very youthful with some fabulous, fabulous footballers. So it'll be interesting to watch how St. Mary's go this year. As I said, Damien Sheridan, when he went in, the first thing he had to do was a bit of S&C to stop them from getting injuries. Well, hopefully that might be uh, the case this year. In Group C, it was Cam Ross, sorry, it was Slane who had the bye in that in this group. And it was Cortown against Cam Ross. Cortown giving up home advantage because their pitch is uh, a bog. Uh, and they're trying to fix that at the moment. Um, but Cortown 10, Karen Ross won 7, Davey. Um, and you just probably feel like you should have won this one. Yeah, all the way around, Mickey. We had the 1-7 and they had oh, yeah, 10. Sorry. But, uh, yeah, yeah we, we, we probably should have, really. We put ourselves in a really strong position. Um, we're leading by a point five minutes into injury time, give the ball away, and Paddy McDermott kicked a great score with the last kick of the game to, to get a draw. But I think it's probably about right, though, you know, because Karen Ross had a few very decent opportunities in the first half, which they missed. But it was a good game, very competitive, um, nothing really between the sides. And um, I think I think both will be relatively pleased with that. One of the scores that wasn't in there, Davy, was from Group A in the Torch and Shield, and it was Clannard against Kilmain and Wood. Um, I don't know the scoreline, but I know Kilmainham Wood won this by a solitary point. We both had tipped Kilmainham Wood. You said it was going to be tight and to watch Clannard. Um, and they very nearly got something out of this game against Kilmainham Wood. They did. 11 points to 10, Mickey, had finished uh, in favour of Kilmainham Wood. But, like, incredibly, Clannard actually had more fellas togged out for the game than Kilmainham Wood did. So I think that, that tells you, you know, uh, all you need to know about how Clannard are going. They've had a couple of good challenges, challenge matches leading into it. Very good squad. Um, they'll that's what they need. I know it's not a win or a result or anything like that, but it's an encouraging performance against a good side. Um, I think that'll just push them on now and give them great confidence. So nice to see for a team that obviously had to pull out last year. You know, yeah, absolutely. And and one game that didn't take place uh, on Saturday was St Michael's against St Pat's. There was a bereavement in St Michael's, I believe, and that game has been moved out to. Tuesday night, so do watch out for the result in that one. So that is uh, the cup competitions looked at the results from uh, last weekend. As we said, head on over to our uh, loyal loyal service because we will be previewing all of the upcoming games and we'll run through our predictions from last week as well in uh, in the cup competitions. So uh, head on over and you'll get the previews for this weekend's football. Have you barely the patience to listen to a 30-second ad? Well then, at Husqvarna, we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn. Instead, kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn, replacing it with the near-silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower. Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin and Sons, your authorised Automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Meath. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coin and Sons. If you need any more information on the Automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Meath. Davey, time to move on now. A bit of excitement uh, as well. Something to that everybody, I suppose, has, has seen the announcement of a new GA team to be uh, formed in uh, the east of Mead, which will be called Eastern Gales. 
Yeah, I suppose this has been brewing for, for a while and it culminated during the week at a kind of special sitting of the Mead County Board um, where the delegates from all the clubs voted whether or not they would uh, like to instill Eastern Gales as a new club and in terms of nearly a breakaway from St. Column Gales, basically. Um, and and it just about got the nod. I think they, they won out by about four votes uh, and there were also four spoiled votes. So I'm not really sure what went on there, but... Listen, it's it's going to be an interesting one. We don't really know a whole pile more about it in terms of we, we know they they're planning on having a pitch in Mornington, uh, where the players are gonna come from. The fact that the transfer window is essentially shut now, you know, how how is that gonna work? Because I would imagine a lot of players who are maybe gonna come from other clubs would need transfers to come over to Eastern Gales. But from what I'm led to believe is they plan on affiliating to the league and probably the junior B championship this year. Um, so we'll probably just have to wait and see on that. I know Column Kills obviously aren't too happy. You know, I can understand that as well. It's it's one of those that if it was your club, you probably wouldn't like to see it happening. But it it's got the nod and it's it's going to happen. And we'll just wait and see uh, what happens next. I suppose when 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 you look at it like this um, explosion of population across uh, the, the the South Mead area and across into East Mead, you know this. This is bound to happen. And then you look at North Mead and there's some clubs in North Mead that are, you know, struggling to survive um, with numbers and stuff like that. And you're nearly saying, well, there should be amalgamations in North Mead and there should be more clubs in the south and eastern part of Mead. It's a it's a funny conundrum, really, isn't it? It is, yeah. I suppose Kill's counter-argument is that they, they're happy to affiliate as much teams as they need to at every age and stuff. Um, to to get everybody football. Um, so I'm not sure is the Eastern Gales a counter argument to that in that they want to, them to play at as high a level as possible. I'm sure there's That's, an element of that yeah. too. Yeah, but but then like there's the whole thing of you, you'll see like why why not make a hurling club because the only one kind of out that direction is is in Pats really. Um, but you know look at it. It is what it is. It's gone through. Um, and we'll just have to wait and see what what sort of happens next. Yeah, um, I did see a video uh, circulating on the internet of the area where the field is going to be. And um, if it does go in that area, it's a massive, massive plot of land um, and uh, and could become fantastic, fantastic facility over there. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I know St. Column Kills are saying, look, we'll affiliate as many teams as possible and whatever. But if you've got, if you've got, 40 lads that are all good enough to be playing top-end football, how do you keep them all happy? Would they be happy playing reserve championship? Would they be happy playing in, you know, the the, the, the bottom tier of, of football in need? It's, it is a tough one, man. It, it is. And like we've actually talked about kind of this with Column Kills for the last couple of years in terms of the amount of top quality we'll say minor players that they're bringing through on a yearly basis and how do they satisfy them in terms of giving them first-team football. Now, I would always be of the opinion is whether you're good enough or you're not good enough, that's your club and you should, just because you're not getting in for the first team doesn't really mean, in my eyes, that you should probably go and get a transfer to, to somebody else. That's kind of the way it happens in soccer. I just I think GA is different to that. Um but, but it'll be interesting to see. And we're, like, we're just assuming that Column Kills will be the big feeder for Eastern Gales. Like that, that might be the case. Like I'm, I'm sure there's probably other fellas who have maybe moved into the area or 
you know, are from different clubs and that. But it, it'll it'll be fascinating to see even the, how the transfers is going to work. Like, will they need a special exemption to get the transfers in order to play this year and all this? So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks and months ahead, I think. Yeah, and, and the plan is to affiliate and get into the uh, into the competitions as soon as possible, and then be in the league, like which is starting yeah. in March. Yeah. Um. How did they Not, get a field sorted by then? No, they, there's probably a bit of maybe they might have to play all their games away from home or something for the first year. I'm not, I'm not sure how that will work, but um, yeah, because it is literally a greenfield site at the minute. Like, there's no, it probably needs a little bit of work to get it to to, to any a playable standard. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, look again. Um, if there's if there's the population and whatever, why not? If there's enough people over there. You know, maybe there is need for another um, GEA club over there, but we'll see what happens anyway. They've been uh, they've been affiliated or they've been granted uh, permission to set up the club, so it'll be interesting to see what happens now. But um, best of luck to Eastern Gales. It's a name we'll have to get used to uh, uh, as well. Yeah, another um, one for the power rankings, Mickey. As well. Another one for the power rankings. Where did they go in at the moment? Did they go in? Bottom of the table, or do we have to see the transfers first? Yeah, we'll have a look at the transfers and then make it and then educate yeah, a call. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's going to be a complete shot in the dark. That one. That, that that's 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 cool. We've nothing to base it on, except they're whoever they played for previously. Um, yeah. uh, it'll be interesting to see. Anyway, moving on, we're going to have a look at uh, Courtown's uh, fundraiser, the GAPredictions.com. Um, Fergal Lynch was the winner of last weekend's per, um, predictions. Who is the winner of the predictions from the Alliance Football League Division One's to four, Division One to four this weekend? It's not a mead man. Uh, it's not a Corton man. It's uh, Dunny Allman from Glen Swilly. His name is Keelan McFadden. Um, his old club mate Barry Canning plays football with us now, and he was the winner with forty four points. And I had a look through his sheet. It was an impressive, impressive week for him. Um, he just topped it ahead of Zach Griffin. Actually, from Gail Column Kill, who was second with 42, he'll collect 50 quid. Very good week for him. And our uh, good friend of the podcast, Colin Finley, along with Kieran O'Reilly, share third with 41 points apiece, and they'll get 25 quid each. So, uh, very competitive week. I think Fergal won him with 42 last week, it's 44 this week. It's uh, it's tough at the top, Mickey. Um, Fergal Lynch, how did he do this week? What's he able to back it up? Got uh, a measly 21 points this week. Oh, he's pulled him right back into the uh, half uh, half of his tally from round one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got what I got last week. Um, so Davy, give us a rundown of how the gapredictions.com we are mead league is going, and uh, who are the movers and shakers from round two of the Alliance Football League? Yeah, well, going uh, or sorry, remaining at the top is Dunica Lynch by the skin of his teeth. He is sixty nine points from his two rounds, uh, courtesy of his superb. Second round performance, Zach Griffin has propelled himself up to second with 68 points. Joint third, it's Thomas Burke and Fergal Lynch. They have 63 points each. Uh, joint fourth, it's Garrett Lynch and myself with 62 points apiece. Then it's what Kelly did you Bruce. score this week? What did you score this week? Uh, I had 29 points. Okay, not bad, week. not bad, not bad, not yeah. bad. No, solid. Uh, Terry Bruton is on 61. Thomas McLeod is on 59, along with Colin O'Brien. There's two players on 58, including Colin Finley and Barry Hand. 57, you have Susan Farrell, who's doing well, along with Tommy Owens. 57 points apiece for them. 56 points, it's Sean Hughes and Rob Perfield. 55 points, you have Matthew Hurley, all the way down from Cork and Shane Mulvaney. 
Brian Flynn, Mags Joyce, James Lynch, Alan McCormick and James O'Dwyer, a.k.a. Jelly, all of 53 points. On 52, it's Barry Crowley and last year's winner, Nicky Gogan, who has savage work to do if he's to try and retain his crown in uh, a few weeks' time. Then it's uh, Davy Byrne, Shamie Gallagher, Jack Sarkavna, Shane Mangan, Gary McGovern, Shane McNiff and Alan Tormey, all on 51. Jesus. On 50, you have Gary Alder, Con Cleary, Stephen Connolly, Kevin Coyne, Richie Quigley and Kieran Shanky. 49, there's a whole host of players as well, including Dunamore Ashburn, Joint Manager Porrick Durkin, Damien Farley, Tanya Roberts, Aideen Smith. Uh, 48 points, it's Pat Lynch, former Cartoon Chairman. 47 points, it's Porrick Carlin and Owen Finnegan. Mickey, you're on 46 points, along with Kira Lawler. What did I score Tommy last Smith, week? Niall Tallon. Uh, and you had 25 points last week. So okay. you've improved, but not to the extent you would have hoped for. Don't be so condescending, Davey. <laughs> uh, moving on. Uh, Nicholas Finley's on 45. 44, you have Henry Clifford, Declan Masterson and Ger Smith. Ryan O'Rourke and Shane Riley are on 43. Jamie Coslow and Keith Sheeran, who had a good week, good second week from Keith Sheeran, gets himself up to 40. 39 points for Brian Hallinan and Leo Weldon. Davey Nolan is 38. Uh, and then Davey Nolan unfortunately, is the last man who has actually completed two full weeks. So okay. I'm not going to name anyone below him, but David Nolan... Is PS, did, did PS Tapes join? Um, is he down no. the bottom there? No. No. Uh, yeah, I was talking to him during the week and he, he had done out his predictions and, and forgot to send it, so um, that's disappointing now. Um, Davey, when I look at it now, it's, it's you know, 16 points between myself and yourself. Um, that's not insurmountable at all. Um, You'll be hoping I miss a week, Mickey. I think that's your best way of getting back into contention. <laughs> that's fighting talk. That is fighting talk, Davy. Um, right, right. It's on. It's on, Davy. It's on. Um, I would love it. I would love it if I beat your ass the next day um, in round three of the Allens Football League. I have to wait two weeks. Give me time to maybe, you know, um, have a look at my my predictions and I'm really hone in on them a little bit more um, because I was rushed a little bit last week because the bloody thing was down when I did me, uh, my my predictions the first time so I had to go back into it so um, but it is it's a bit of fun 16 points to catch you don't worry that'll be done and what 13 points to catch Colin O'Brien 7 points to catch Mags Joyce and uh, Tormey and all the lads are on 51 points so yeah look I'm in the mix still yeah, one I love you. I love the way you're setting little targets for yourself based on kind of who's in, you know, the the next brackets ahead of you and stuff like that. That's the way. That's the way you got to do it. That's the way you got to do it, Davy Sawyers. You know, you got to you got to have a, yeah, you have to do it in steps and stages. You can't just do it all. In, well, look, I could probably do it in one week if I get all of them right the next day. But yeah, look, get on to that gapredictions.com. Get your um, predictions in for round three of the Alliance Football League Division One, right through to Division Four. And you could be in for um, a share of €200 Euro, um, uh, each week of the um, Alliance Football Leagues. Moving on then, Davey, it's time for our lottos and our Instagram interactive. But we'll start off with the lottos. Yeah, absolutely, Mickey. Um, PROs have been in touch with me. First one I have on my list is from Walderstown. The draw numbers were 4, 11, 16 and 18. No winner of their €5,200 jackpot. They had one match three winner who was Lisa Reynolds, and Lisa collects 100 quid. Next week's draw is now open 
happen in the jackpot is worth 5,300 euro. You can play via Club Force or pick up an envelope in Curran's Texaco garage on the Dublin Road. Minolte from Sunday night, the 5th of February. Uh, 7,800 euro was on offer, 3, 5, 9 and 13. There were no jackpot winners. They had nine match three winners who collect 25 euro each. Jacinta Meehan, Paddy Smith, John Brogan, Julie McCall, Paul Smith, David Murtha, Raymond Owens, Karen Lynch and David Daly. One special online prize at €50 went to Katie Smith and the next round takes place on Sunday the 12th of February. €8,000 even on offer there. Courtown from Friday night, €12,800 top prize on offer. 6, 9, 23 and 27 were the numbers. No winner. Uh, five 20 euro winners were Mervyn O'Brien, Mary Rispin, Julie Carey, Jeunesse, and Michael Costello and Shirley Smith. We have 12,900 euro on offer next Friday night. CourtonGA.com forward slash lotto. Dunsany from February 4th, 9, 13, 16, and 26. No winners this week. Uh, 10,000 euro it's currently capped at. Next row takes place next Saturday, the 11th. You can play online. Uh, on Club Force or the Dunsany website. You can also guess envelopes in Kilmessen's Centra or the Post Off or the Clubhouse. Castletowns from the 31st of January, 2,100 euro of the jackpot wasn't won. 3, 16, 17 and 18. 30 euro lucky dip winners were Donald Conway, Greg Meehan, Jimmy Carlin, Harley Duffy and James McConnell. Navalomatni is also from the 31st of January. No winner of their jackpot. Uh, 5, 7, 21 and 22 are the numbers. The next draw takes place on the 7th of February. They had one match three uh, winner who was PK and Maggie. Uh, or maybe they're, that's two. They share 200 euro between them regardless. And they go again with 7,850 euro next week. The Jocelyn and Royal Gales from last Monday night, the 30th of January, 2, 8, 14 and 26. No jackpot winner. Four match three winners collecting 50 euro each were Alan Quirk, Owen Haggerty, Kevin Keeley and Paddy Hayes. The next draw takes place on Tuesday at half eight live on Facebook with 4,400 euro on offer, 200 to be added into that every week and you can play it on Club Force. And the final one I have, Mickey, is from Manalvi GFC from last Monday night, the 30th of January, 4, 11, 19 and 20, no winner. Three 20 euro winners were Joe Gill, David Kane and Pamela Gilson. The next draw takes place tonight, Monday, the 6th of February, 1,400 euro at Manalvi GFC or you can play it on the Club Force app. Yeah, Central Sounds Lotto takes place tonight, Monday night. It's 2,100 euro. You can do it on smartlotto.ie. Go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there. And then Simon's Towns Lotto, uh, last Friday night, it was not one. The numbers wrong were 13, 23, 28 and 30. The lucky dip uh, winners were Isabel O'Flaherty, Aidan Morn, and Gavin Cunningham. Uh, next week's jackpot will be 2,000 300 euro and you can do that online or again go to any of their social media pages and you'll find the link there have you barely the patience to listen to a 30 second ad well then at Husqvarna we can't imagine how you put up with having to manually mow your lawn instead kick back and silently say goodbye to hours wasted manually mowing your lawn replacing it with the near silent cutting of a Husqvarna auto mower Smart home compatible, and if that isn't your cup of tea, control auto mower from your phone. 
Automower also brings new meaning to green fingers, producing no direct emissions. If we've caught your ear, contact PR Coin & Sons, your authorised Automower dealer on 046 955 1910 or in store in Clonard County Mead. Hi, Kevin Coyne here from PR Coyne & Sons. If you need any more information on the Automower, feel free to call into us here in Clonard County Mead. Time to move on now, Davey, to our Instagram interactive and uh, hear what our listeners have to say. Yeah, wide array of Instagram interactive coming in this week, Mickey. Uh, first one comes in from Emar Clark and it's uh, Vicky with four question marks. In other words, where is Vicky? Yeah, uh, look, we, we, we presume she's still in Australia. Um, but, like, if, you know, it's funny, anybody you talk to who was at the game or watching the game, um, they all say, you know, she's a huge loss and she is. You know, Vicky is a, a different animal completely um, when it comes to LGFA. Yeah, and so and same with Emma Duggan. Like, you've seen the yeah. difference she made when she came on, you know, in the second half, just completely changes the dynamic. But yeah, we, we're looking forward to having Vicky back. Orla Lally is back training as well, so we'll hopefully see her soon before maybe the end of the league. So that'd be another huge plus. Absolutely, yeah. Massive to have her back. That's brilliant to hear. Joe McGuini uh, said Dumboyne's school team into the North Leinster final. Um, as well as that, you have Nobber as well. That's, that's another Instagram interactive from Aidan Roach. He said Nobber secondary school into the Leinster final all Ireland soon. Do you know what, Mickey? Uh, I suppose we when we think of football in schools, we always think of Pats and that. And I know Pats had a decent run there out. But isn't it great to see the other schools in the county all absolutely flying and yeah. really doing well and I think they deserve great credit for what's going on obviously in Nobber Dunboyne Trim have done extremely well Kells uh, too so it's, it's just brilliant and footballers all over the county really that's it exactly like and from from Southmead to Northmead you know um, it's great to see it and uh, you know and Nobber beat Oldcastle um, uh, so they did Sid Oliver's Sid Oliver Plunkett's Old Castle. Yeah, so right. again, just shows shows you the the strength that is around uh, 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 the county in the schools football. So all things are moving nicely. Uh, on the yeah, Joe, Joe McQueenie also said, "Great to get the goals early, but we will need to improve for Derry. Beat Derry, and we'll go up." But that's yeah, you know, like that's that's huge. Beating Derry is going to be a big task. Um, you know, we it's Rory Gallagher. We know the style of football that Rory Gallagher is going to play, and it's going to be very difficult. And it is a type of a style of football that we do struggle with. Even you know, we did get the four goals against against Clare, and that propelled us to victory. But Colum mentions it in his interviews. You know, scoring eight points is not enough either, so it's not. And maybe in that final quarter of the game, Mead needed to be a little bit more patient and and. Go for the jugular. At that stage, I think Clare were down to 14 men. There was a black card as well, wasn't there, Davey? Midway through the second half. There was, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And we didn't really yeah. we didn't really kick on. Yeah. So there, look, there's huge lessons to be learned. And I actually think Clare is a very decent step, stepping stone to Derry, if that makes sense, in the way yeah. in which Derry are going to step up. Obviously, that's going to be a, a a much, much tougher test, but I think it's a good preparation basically for that. Um extra time sport. Rob Cox, I think this is in reference to the ladies. He said the clock kept running when the ref wasted 90 seconds in talking to his umpires. He was an awful ham. Mead continuously giving the ball away when they kicked it. What do Shelley Melia and Ashlyn McCabe need to do to get some game time? Um, 
I, I don't know. You'll have to ask Davy Nelson that one. Um, like, what is he basing that on? Like, we haven't been privy to seeing them in training or, or you know what I mean? Like, we know the quality of the two girls and whatever. And it's just a very hard squad to get to, to or team to get into uh, yeah. at the moment. I know we're missing a number of players, but there's so much quality across the whole squad. It's going to be difficult to give everybody game time. Um, yeah, but the referee, the referee his- thing, yeah. Yeah, just the, the, he's absolutely right on the first thing because I, I said that at the time they actually had the stop clock uh, underneath the scoreboard so you could see exactly where the referee was and what he was doing. And so when uh, Galway got the equaliser, there was about 90 seconds left on the clock and the, the ball basically was stopped for about 60 of the next 90 seconds without the clock being stopped, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, yeah, fouls. Yeah. And, and it, yeah, it, as soon as the hooter went, the, the game was up, which was disappointing. And uh, I could absolutely agree with him on that. And me did give the ball away really uncharacteristically. They were very sloppy with it. Um, more so in the first half. And I think that led to a huge amount of turnovers. But they did improve in the second half and they were much better for him. Yeah, you mentioned that earlier on, all right, that, you know, me... Uh, very uncharacteristically making silly mistakes in that first half, and uh, you know they, that's something that they did uh, get better at in the second half. Yeah, Rob Perfield said Emma Duggan is as good with both feet as anyone out there. Yeah, we've looked, we've known that for the last number of years. She's just class. She's just a different baby. Yeah, uh, Ivan W eighty five said any updates on Walsh's injury? Well, Probably you too early you got, to yeah. I was I was chatting to Campo though walking out of Park Talton and he reckons it, it was probably it's not hopefully too serious. I know it's early days, you can't really assess a hamstring injury as soon as it happened, but it, it looked like more of a strain than a pull. Like he, he went down with it, he didn't kind of pull up suddenly and that would indicate a pull. So fingers crossed he'll be okay. But it's just we'll just have to see if he plays Sigerson, I suppose, during yeah. the week. And uh, just on that, Sarah Monaghan said we missed Matthew Costello yesterday, um, which is a fair enough comment, I think, to make. Yeah, no. Um, he's been, you know, he's uh, he's he's like a man possessed this year. So, uh, he he really brings a, a real dynamism to that forward line, and and he drops out and can be a playmaker and works really really hard. So, yeah, he was missed. All right, that's for sure. Brian Flynn said, "Kino D wasted at football should be in Hollywood acting. Bit dramatic yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that that's the the iconic wing bag for Clare. He is." Big long hair, and he's kind of he's got that Mickey Burke sort of look to him, and uh, <laughs> I, you could absolutely see him on the West End or someplace like that. Like, but uh, yeah, he he went down uh, theatrically at one stage of the second half. I think he tossed Killian O'Sullivan, and yeah, and he was looking, he was actually looking to get Killian put off, and uh, I think Jordy was involved as well, and. The sideline man was, or the fourth official was actually Joe McQuillan, and I'm surprised he didn't react uh, in his form. But yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it was all good. So yeah, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if Joe. I wonder if Joe will be refereeing me than Dublin when they play. I, I would imagine so. Yeah, I'd imagine so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The last for that. Yeah, you you be careful now. You have to play club football in Cavan this year, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can say what I want though. Uh, <laughs> Shane Mangan said, "Lucky to have the state of the art Park Talton compared to Ballycran." <laughs> yeah, there's, that's one thing that's for sure. The, the, the like, sure the pitch in, in Navan held three intercounty games: Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. It's just a, it's just a joy to have such an amazing surface um, in Navan. Yeah, I, 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 
Yeah, I don't think he mentioned the surface though, Shane. There, <laughs> it was more about Bart Thompson in general. But yeah, um, okay, <laughs> um, yeah. Tongue if, if, you, if you know, you know. Um, yes, and believe yes, it at yeah. that. Yeah, that's uh, why Dec- I just wanted to uh, just kind of yeah. Anyways, yeah. move on. Yeah. <laughs> Deck F Dunn said need to play a possession game versus Derry. The kicking game ain't going to work. Well, look again, like you know, it's going to be horses for courses. I'm sure Colm is going to look at what Derry do and try and come up with some sort of a, a plan for that. The kicking game will work if you can dispossess Derry high up the field. Um, or sorry, like it, when Derry are on the attack, if you can dispossess them and you've got two players up in the forward line, the kicking game will work then. But it, it has to be done at the right times, so it does, because they will, as soon as they lose the ball, they'll filter everybody back. So you have to try and move that ball. If you are going to use the kicking game, you have to try and move that ball as quickly as possible into the forward line. Otherwise, it's going to have to be a running game. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that we will have to prepare for. We will have to do a, a bit more running. I suppose with Claire, we sort of ran out of ideas early when we couldn't kick it. We, we almost didn't really know what to do. Um, so the likes of Killian, Matt Costello, Scully, who, who in fairness cut through um, Claire at various different stages in the second half in particular, we're going to have to penetrate with those sort of Pearson runs. Um, that will be important against Derry as well as hopefully a bit of kicking as well. Catherine Cook said goals win matches, fair enough, but to score eight points while conceding 16 in 70 minutes is concerning. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, like, you know, it's nailed. <laughs> She's nailed it there. Um, uh, a column referenced it as well. He's he's not happy with the return. Um, it is something that he, he will be concerned about and that he will work on. And, you know, that those large portions of the game where we go without scores, that's been synonymous with me for the last number of years. And you mentioned it already. It was 18 or 20 minutes that they went without a score in that first half. So, they're the times that you really want to be um, keeping the scoreboard ticking. Yeah. yeah. Catherine also said, great to see Emma on for a full 30 minutes. They expanded a lot of energy for little return through poor decisions. Yeah. Um, uh, just to, like Emma brought this kind of calmness to the whole second half and, and maybe all the girls around her up their games as well. But, you know, just the, the poor decision making in the first half, it, it does, it kills you. Like it, it, it's a double whammy. You know, you you drop the drop the head and then you feel even more tired because you, you're chasing the ball now. Like so, yeah, hundred percent. Colin O'Brien said the huge crowds. All weekend. Yeah. Um unfortunately the hurling wasn't wasn't the biggest of crowds and obviously the rugby was on at the same time and there's a few other things I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked to have seen that been part of a double header, whether it be yeah. Sunday or Monday. I think, you know, to have three games across all the weekend was probably a little bit much. Um, but the the crowd on Sunday for the meat footballers genuinely was probably the biggest crowd I've seen since maybe Donegal or Tyrone came to town in the qualifiers yeah. uh, a, f- a few years ago in League or Championship. It was, there was about 7,000 in there crammed into Park Dalton. It was brilliant to see. And then Monday... I would say there was probably three, three and a half thousand at the ladies' game, which was just great to see as well. You know, proper homecoming for the girls and um, very positive. I always, and, and what's more, sorry, just on the footballers, Mickey, there was feck all from Clare. There was probably, you know, 50 odd from Clare at the game. So there was literally all mead people there, which was great. 
Yeah, um, great to see it. Um, and long may it continue. Um, you know, there's, there's Colm has mentioned it as well, and he keeps mentioning it. Goodwill towards the team at the moment is absolutely fantastic. And the whole positivity around it, getting victories as well. Now, look, I suppose, are the goals papering over some little cracks a little bit at the moment? Because we've needed all seven goals in both games to to uh, get those two victories. But I suppose if you can score three or four goals in every game, it does give you that platform. But, you know, when the goals dry up, that's going to be the the, the, the the moment that we'd probably be looking and going, oh, this is a bit tighter than we thought. I agree, but I, I thought the, the the clinical edge that we shown was was brilliant. Like the four chances that the lads got were all really confidently put put away do you know what I mean like there was no snatching and there was no nervousness about their execution or at and it was just course and confidence coursing through them and they finished them with, with with a bit of ease so that was nice um and that's it that Mickey that's it from Instagram this week excellent well look again thanks to our listeners for getting in contact we're getting a pl- plenty of Instagram interactive I'm sure over the next number of weeks with uh, everything that's going on and and, and hopefully uh, you know uh, that the footballers continue the hurlers continue to get better and of course the ladies as well and and, and the Camogues will be starting their season off now in a week or two's time as well so we want to wish um, the hurlers the very best of luck when they take on Sligo next weekend Shorsha and the lads then the Mead ladies take on Mayo in two weeks time and then Colm obviously will be making the trip to Derry in a couple of weeks time do head on over to our Lyle Royals podcast we've got a whole host of um, uh, podcasts going out this week with reviews of the hurlers, the mead footballers and the mead ladies with a whole host of uh, interviews as well. And as we said, we will be doing a full review of the cup competitions and giving you the fixtures for next weekend as well. So a whole lot of podcasts coming to you, uh, coming your way from We Are Mead this week. That's it from this episode of your We Are Mead podcast. Remember, We Are Mead White matters more.